Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This segment is brought to you by Jigmaster Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com and use promo code PNF20 and save 20% off your next jig order today. Welcome to the Pat on Fan Podcast, the Bass Fishing for Noobs segment, where we try to improve our skills as angler by learning new techniques or improving the ones we already know. I'm your host, Ryan Milford. Welcome back to Bass Fishing for Noobs on the Pat on Fan Podcast. I'm Ryan. We got Sean in here tonight. Hey. And then we also are joined by the Trash Panda, Mr. Josh Eldridge. What's well, up? And welcome back for like the 10th time. Hey, it's all good, man. I like doing this. He's a wealth of knowledge. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> like a dumpster fire of knowledge, maybe. Hey, the Trash Panda works for that too, right? <laughs> I dig through your trash and then light it on the fire <laughs> on the way out. But uh, something I did want to bring up, you know, we we do kind of have like a uh, topic that we want to talk about tonight. But something I wanted to bring up is, and I made a post about this in the noob tournament group, is the numbers aren't as high as they were last last month. And so, like, I, I asked people, like. Why, like, for them personally, what what they're struggling with is it harder to find the bite since it's getting warmer? Uh, you know, people starting to go back to work and stuff since everything's starting to open back up. You know what what it could be, and uh, you know some people, you know, somebody had surgery, somebody had newborn, and all that. So I was just wondering what what y'all's theory would be on that. I'm going to say with everything opening back up, people just aren't as uh, like on the water as frequently, you know, I mean, when, when you're shut down and you're not working, man, it's easy to get out a couple of times a week, you know, um, I've been fortunate that after losing my job because of the whole virus situation, I had one week where I didn't do anything. Um, I kind of, I took care of the kids cause their, their daycare was closed. And then the following week, a buddy of mine had some work he needed help with. So I helped him for a week. And then the following week after that, I started a new job. So um, my time has been still limited. Um, I tried to get out on the weekends. I did a couple, like I did like an the overnight trip to the river to go up north when I did the, the noob tournament against Dustin and Dan, which bit me in the butt. And then... Um, turned around and went up to um, St. Clair. Can't believe I forgot it was so much fun. Uh, went up to St. Clair and stayed there for a couple days and fished, and that was a blast. And But, you know, that's kind of like where I'm always limited. I, I, I could get out for like a little bit here and there, um, like during the week, but it's really I'm limited on time. You know, by the time I get my boat packed up, get everything all ready to go, you know, it's just hard to find that time, but with everybody being off, you know, pretty much during the month of May, and it seems to be everything opening up in June, I would say that's probably one of the number one, if not, you know, one of the top reasons, at least, why the numbers are. And it does get to be a little harder in the summertime to find a bite, especially when you've got a, 
at least up here, a lot of fish just spawned, you know, um, the largemouth just came off their beds, the smallmouth, depending on how far north you travel. Like when we were in, when I was in St. Clair, they were, uh, just finishing up. The females were moving out. The males were still hanging around guarding. Um, uh, but by now they're probably gone, you know, cause we, by that third day, dude, it was completely different fishing than it was the first two days. And, um, you know, we just, we basically caught the tail end of this, the whole spawn situation. So, um, you know, there's a lot of people that believe that like the fish half of, I've heard this before, like they have like a, a theory that half the fish will go out deep and half of them will kind of stay in the shallow water. Just, you know, they'll stay though up against the structure and stuff that provides the most shade. So you're looking at your lilies and really good overhang trees and, you know, good brush piles, laydowns, that sort of thing. But, you know, it, it could be, it could be a n- number of reasons. How far off is it numbers wise in your, Oh, uh, it, it's I, hard to tell, you know, cause you know, the last time I saw May, it was at the end of the month and we're still just over halfway through the month right now. But like, there's still, it seems like there's not that many people that have limits so far. Um, I'm going to say probably see only, well, there's probably like 16 or so people with limits right now Mm -hmm. out of 39 people. And, you know, even myself, I'm way behind. I only got one fish right now and it's a small fish. I'm still beating Sean, but, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, yeah, the bite where I am completely changed to it. It went just dry. Like, I think I'm going to have to, I don't know if, like you said, if, if it was just, I was fishing right after the spawn and they were just spawned out and just chilling for a while. Um, but they weren't up shallow where I had been catching them. I had been just throwing a wacky rig up against all kinds of structure and just crushing them that way. And, the last two or three times I went out, I, you know, got one or two little ones, but, um, they were all little and, and, uh, like most of them didn't even measure. Uh, so. Yeah, it's, it's tough, man. It gets to be tough, especially when they make that transition. The sun is up more. Um, I know here it's not rain nearly as frequently as what it was obviously in the springtime. Um, I mean, we're kind of, it's kind of been a rarity and when we do get rain, it's kind of quick. And I think a lot of bass will tend to feed in low light conditions. Um, you know, they, they prefer that they can see better in shade and like dark lights or, you know, low light situations and what bait fish can like bait fish are really attracted to bright sunniness, like in a sense. And, you know, that you'll even see them like if you're fishing at night and there's lights like around, say like you're in a marina the bait fish will congregate in those well-lit areas. Um, bass don't see real, from what I understand, a little bit of research I've ever done and read that bass don't see well in like really bright light situations, kind of like that. So, um, so that, that's, that's, I would interesting. say with the, with the like highlight, you know, I mean, the sun being at its peak right now, I mean, we're about to hit the longest day of the year here on the summer solstice. So, you know, it, it they might kind of switch to feeding at night or feeding in that first hour of day, you know, daylight, and then that last hour of daylight. You know, that, that's interesting. So, bass maybe like more in like the shady area while those bait fish are out in the sunny area. So those bass probably sitting there waiting for those. Yep those fish to come right through right close to that line and just jump out, snatch them and head back in. They'll do that in the rivers too. They'll like hunt like on the edges of like clear water and murky water. Like you say, you have like a Creek that's got clear water, but the river's blown out. They'll sit in the edge of that because of the, you know, I, I don't know if it's like, it just causes like bait fish confusion, like in a sense, like, they, you know, from that transition to uh, like clear, well lit area to a dark murky area, you know, it's hard to say, but 
And, you know, there's all kinds of theories out there, but you know, the summer bite, especially the early summer bite can be kind of tough. Like when you're dealing with, um, like our fish up here this year, the spawn happened a little, you know, on the late side because of those cold fronts that push through. So, but you know, um, just got to go out deep, try to fish some deeper water, you know? So I know weather's played a big deal for me too, because like just these evening storms, like I'll get off work and by the time I get home, eat dinner, there's like storms rolling through. And then I'm like, Oh crap, I guess I'm not going tonight. And it just seemed like a repeating pattern in the last like two weeks or so. Like every time I think I might be able to go out, a storm would roll through and just kill my chances for that night. Yeah. I've gotten to where I really like fishing around storms. Like, like is it when a storm's coming in? I've I've really been having a lot of success fishing before that. Yeah, it's 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 actually one of the best times to fish is when you got like a, a some sort of front getting ready to push through. Um, if you can, you know, catch the prefrontal conditions where the wind picks up some and. You know, you get that weird temperature drop because like anytime you create, you get wind like that too, is it creates current in a sense. So the water's not sitting, you know, still and it, it makes fishing for you better because in a sense you won't be as noticeable to the fish, you know? Um, but I mean, even with like rivers, like you get rivers, you get a storm, like one of the best times to fish a river is when the water starts to rise. And it starts to bring in new food for them, you know, whether it's insects or worms or, you know, pushing bait fish downstream because of the current rise, you know. I mean, I've seen I've seen it firsthand. Now, the day that one of the last times I did it, the water was pretty bad, like muddy wise, but the fish were feeding like in, insane, hitting everything on top, like eating every bug, everything they could possibly. And I was seeing bass and like uh quillback um suckerfish they look like uh like a mix between like almost like a smallmouth and a carp but they have these like little red red um fins with like this little like it looks like a quill hanging off the back of it and those things were coming up on the surface like crazy man like everywhere like i'd you'd see probably a hundred of them jumping within a matter of like two minutes hmm i've heard before that you know when it when it when the water's rising like that that they really hammer the banks because of stuff you know flowing in off the banks so yeah so yeah dude i mean it could be in numerous numerous things but i would say with everything starting back up people just aren't on the water as often you know and and you add the fact that the bite's a little tough when the heat of summer kind of starts to set in and at least for us here, it's been a, the past week or two has been kind of a transition of where the it's actually getting and staying warm all day. You know, you know, we're finally hitting 90s here. So, yeah, it's been pretty hot around here too. Um, actually, that last when I went to get Sam Jones in the uh, Spring Madness tournament, it was like 95 that day. My phone overheated twice while I was out there. <laughs> uh, it, it was crazy. But yeah, so touched on that a little bit. So let's get into what the the subject that we came here tonight for. And that's the latest craze here with Paddle and Finn <laughs> is the the underspin, more spe- specifically the Wicked Weights, Wicked Willow underspin. You know, uh, I believe it was Sam Jones that got us all into the Wicked Weights and and uh, we've all tried out the, well, several of us tried out the underspan. I know, you know, Josh, you've, you know, gotten where you really like it. Brad is real big on it. I've had a lot of success on it. Sean, have you got, you got I've, some, didn't you? I tried, yep, and so far I've only caught one fish on it, and I actually it got <laughs> off before I, I but I, I fully say it's because I don't know where I'm throwing it, and that's why I was really looking forward to tonight, because uh, I need to learn, I need to be educated, so. <laughs> well, my first, okay, I wanted to open this up, see what y'all's first thoughts were of it, because I remember... You know, I, th- I think it was after Brad caught a couple of those big smallies on it. I was like, okay, I'll try this out. So I, I got on the website and I started looking at it. And, you know, it's it's a hook with a little 
screw lock on it and our weighted hook i'm sorry with the screw lock with uh, a willow blade coming off of it and my first thought when i saw it was these things are expensive for what they are yeah and and, and I, I wasn't gonna get them at first but then i was like you know what I'm just going to get a couple and try it. And now I love it. They're worth their weight in gold as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> this upcoming concert season will be all about the boots and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecovis store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Yeah, it's a good bait, man. You know me. You know me. I I was throwing e you know EWG style screw lock hooks with weights on them already with Kytex. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, all I'm the only difference is now the weights made out of tungsten. It's a little further back than what I was using before. A lot of the ones I was using before were more towards the weight was more towards the front. Um, and then it, the fact that it's just got uh, a willow leaf blade you know, a small one at that too added to it. So, um, it, it was nothing really different from what I was doing besides adding some flash, you know? So. Yeah. And you know, that flash could be what catches their attention. I've, I've heard mixed reviews depending on the day, having that blade could be what they want or, you know, even not having the blade and just the weighted hook could be what they want and they won't bite with the blades. But, uh, yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, how we throw it, what we throw it on, all that good stuff. So, uh, you want to you wanna just take it from there, Josh? It's you up know, to you. Like, you go ahead, man. Well, what, what setup do you use for it? Um, so, there's two possible setups that I would throw with it. One of them I haven't really used yet um, because... The situations that I've so far used, because I'm kind of new on the train of throwing underspins. I've had I threw some last year, um, with a little bit of success, but I was throwing a different kind of style. Um, same concept. It was just that I was throwing one with a Colorado blade, and it was gold. And I ha- I think I had a silver one at one point. And it was a Colorado blade also. And basically, at the point I was trying to do is throw that in muddy water conditions like you know where the water was dirty and try to bring some more attention because when you when you do throw a kitech it's got a lot of thump you know by itself because that tail you know shifts back and forth so hard but still like even with throwing that i don't it's sort of finesse a little bit still in my opinion so i'm like you know it's a plastic bait it's not gonna make a whole lot of racket um now, fast forward to this year, I decided to try it. Um, you know, I saw Brad did have some good success with it. Uh, Brad and I had done the review with Sam, and Sam pointed out some stuff that sparked an interest for me. And that was when he was talking about, like, bed fishing with it. And, um, you know, I was like, yeah, you know, I, I've bed fished before, and I've used Kytex before, and <clears throat> it it works to get bit, but sometimes more often than not, I would have the, you know, the bass that I was kind of sight fishing would like pick it up, move it. They wouldn't actually like bite the whole thing. They wouldn't hit it like head first. Like they do normally with like minnows, you know, minnow style baits. They'd pick it up by the tail, move it. Yeah. I'd feel the hit hook set and it just, there'd be nothing there. So, 
And after seeing it visually a couple of times, you know, and I decided to try it, you know, with, with the wicked willow. And I, it was funny as I was sitting and I, I look over and I, I just walked through this area that I know is like kind of like a spawning area. And I was on foot and I was t- um, pulling the kayak behind me and I scared a bass off a bed. And I was like, Oh, well they are over here. You know, I hadn't seen them yet over there in the spawning area. So I pushed the kayak into little shallow area and I walked around and I fished this little hole that I could see in the river. And then I turned around and I'm like, Hey, there's some, there's a bed bedding area right there, but I can't see the fish. Now that's, what's amazing about smallmouth is how well they'll camo into their surroundings. And, but a lot of times they will put like something like in the center of the nest, like it'll, and a lot of times I don't know why, but it's like something white. And I could see it and it was like a little white pebble or maybe I, at St. Clair, they were using like shells. Hmm. Like it's like they, like in the center of every nest, I would see almost like 85% of them would be this little white shell of some sort. <sighs> you guys getting that re- reverb? Yeah, a little bit. There it goes. Uh, all right. That's awesome. <clears throat> um, sorry about that. Um, but so I see this like little white dot in the center of what looks like a spawning area. And I threw that bait on there, hopped it over to it. And usually that's like the sweet spot where they don't want anything, you know, no fish, no nothing like around in, in the nest. So I did what Sam said. I put that bait there and twitched it up just to make that blade turn a little bit. And I didn't even notice it at first. Like, dude, that bass was right there. And I, I didn't even see he just turned and grabbed it. And I hooked it and uh, landed the fish. And it was a, a obviously a male. Um, I don't know. I don't think that they had spawned yet that that day i think they were setting up too so the females hadn't really moved in yet but anyways that that's what i ended up doing in st Clair, but it was different i couldn't sight fish to st Clair because i couldn't anchor so i was pedaling a lot staying in position but i knew where the beds were so i was wrecking through the beds basically with a underspin so i was fishing it like in a sense of its intended uses as a moving bait but instead of like a constant retrieve i would like i would reel in through like the grass because it was a grassy area it was real sparse though and it would hook on to like a stalk and i would just pull it off the stalk not rip it just a little bit to get it to come loose and let it drop at that point and i think those fish were like spawning like right at the bottom of those that little bit of vegetation and did i would get hit like right as soon as i would pause it like at that point there was a couple that I picked up like a couple females i think that were like roaming around um and there was a couple that i hooked when the bait was moving but for the most part most of my success came from when i killed it that's how i kind of fish swim baits i don't uh plastic swim baits like high techs i don't tend to real 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 the whole time i will the the beauty of and this goes with the underspin the beauty of that bait is it's a hundred ways to actually do your retrieve like it's whatever you want to do like when it was when it got real muddy last year i had real good success with a white one and i would burn it like three or four cranks and just stop and a lot of times i think what was happening is the fish were keying into the motion of the bait they couldn't necessarily see it but they're following whatever motion that they're feeling in the lateral line but as soon as i would kill it they would come up and see it and then attack it you know at that point and it worked flawlessly last year like when it was muddy water dude if i put it next to vegetation or like a rock pile and i would do that with that bait and kill it and let it sink a little bit i would get hit like I think 95% of like my muddy water fish last year in the river came from fishing it like that. I was going to ask about what part of the water column you're targeting. And like, is this pretty much, obviously if you're sight fishing, it's pretty shallow. I'm guessing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm not the best deep water guy. Um, when I tend to fish deeper, uh, I'm, I'm not good and have really a lot of experience fishing suspended bass. And a lot of times when you're fishing for suspended bass, it's hard to hit, you know, to get them to hit. So, um, I think that was part of my problem. I was using it in like 10 feet deep areas 
because um, I didn't feel comfortable throwing it up against the bank where it was somewhat shallower because yeah. I didn't want to lose it. But well, uh, I was so- going to say I've had my most of my success off off the wicked willow in like four to six foot of water. Yeah. And so I, you know, I have caught some, you know, throwing it up to the bank and bringing it back, but you know, in that little bit deeper, not real deep water, uh, that's where I've been like in the area that I've been fishing the most with it. I'm like, you know, probably like 40 yards off the bank and it's only four to six feet of water and yeah. just, casting it parallel to the bank and bringing it back that's where i've really been catching them do you let it but, sink or do you just start yeah I'll, I'll, I'll let it sink for a few seconds and then um now different from josh i kind of do like just a slow steady retrieve and you know i, I want to try the whole like few cranks stop few cranks stop but i i guess i just don't have the confidence in it uh, I, I need to try it because I'm, I'm sure once I catch one or two fish off of it, you know, I'd feel more confident with it. But yeah, so uh, back to the setup. What what setup are you throwing that on? I throw. All right, I I have two different size hooks. Um, I have it in the four four aught, and then I also have it in the th- uh, two weights of the three aughts. I have a three sixteenths and then the one eighth. Um, when I throw the three aught, I'll tend to throw it on the medium, um, just so I can cast it further. And then if I was to, I haven't thrown the four aught one yet, just because, like I said before, like I've been targeting mainly smallmouth in the rivers and stuff, and I use a three eight. So the three aught hooks, you know, pretty good for it. If I use a four aught, it gets too close to the tail, the hook point does. So, um, it kind of messes with the whole swimming action of, of the bait at that point. But if I was to use a four out though, I'd probably jump up to a medium heavy because the hooks can be a little bit more stouter. So I'd like to have the power for a hook set, you know, cause even sometimes using the medium, um, with the three out, uh, it's, it's not like a super stout hook, but it's got some, it's got a decent diameter to it. So you got to kind of really drive that, that hook set. Um, in my opinion, that might be why, like Ryan was talking or Ryan, uh, sorry, Sean, um, like you were talking about losing that one, you know, cause you're not used to it. And you, it's sort of like a, a situation with like the, the jackhammer or whatever, you know, those hooks are pretty stout. Like when you're using a single hook, unless you're using like a really good needle point, super sharp, like owner hook, you know, those tend to pierce better, but you have to kind of drive it. But if you're fishing for largemouth, you got to be careful at that point because you could be like me and you hook set too hard and you, you know, put a pretty decent sized hook, uh, hole in their lip. And then, you know, then that fish shakes off real easy at that point. So that's my two setups. Um, I like, I like both of them. They both have worked well. Um, you know, I've used the medium heavy, not on the underspin specifically, but I have used it on, bigger uh kytex you know or swim baits or whatever so see i i got one setup that i use i've got two different sizes as well um i believe both of mine are the same weight the three sixteenths i believe um but one is the three aught hook one is the i think it's a six aught hook but the three aught hook you know i've been using it with uh the 3.8 Kitex or the 3.75 um, Rage Swimmers. And that's what I've been using most. I haven't used the bigger ones too much, but I have used them and I've caught fish off of them. But uh, the, with the 6 odd, I've been using like the uh, 4.8 Kitex. Uh, going a little bit bigger with that. But I haven't used that a whole lot. I've been sticking with the kind of smaller but but my setup for that has been a seven foot medium heavy rod with a uh, seven one to one casting reel, and I'm using fifteen pound fluoro. And it, it's I mean I don't you know that could probably use some tweaking and stuff, but I feel like it's done me pretty well so far. Yeah. 
I think part of why I missed that fish was because uh, I didn't know what the belt bite would feel like. So I was just reeling and I thought I snagged on something. So I just kind of pulled and felt the weight and then the fish mm-hmm. jumped and threw it. So before yeah. I even knew it was on there. Uh, and see, see, that's the thing with me that I've noticed is I rarely feel a bite. I, I just feel it get heavy. When I, when I start to feel like it, it, it almost feels like I have like some grass or something uh, hanging on to it. And when I feel that, that's when I set the hook. Now, there have been times where it is grass or something like that, but a lot of the time it's a fish on there. Hook sets are free. Yeah, right. And so that bait's snagged on that log. <laughs> so I, I've been wondering about that. You know, most of my rods are like cheap rods and stuff. Um, so... Is the bite kind of the same for you? Do you do you feel it whenever you get one on there? I I tend to fish it slow somewhat. Um, like I told you, how I kind of like I'll burn it sometimes and then kill mm-hmm. it, but I don't I don't really do that unless I'm trying to bring like a lot of attention because of maybe the dirty water or whatever. If the water's somewhat clear, I'm almost Jake fishing with that thing, dude, to be honest with you. Like I'll like creep it up real in my slack, creep it up real in my slack, hook onto the vegetation. I'm trying to bring in, you know, bring it through, let it pull through. Sometimes you can, you can rip it, dude. That's what's cool about this, the, that bait, a, specifically a plastic swim bait. That's the underspin is just adding that flash to bring more attention. But, you know, I've, I've fished it before where I rip it through grass, like you would a lipless crankbait, you know? Um, but a lot of times it's, you'll feel a bigger hit. I think, I think what you guys are getting when that happens is in a sense of like a crankbait bite. Um, like it's, it's following it and it bites it and the lines heavy. You don't necessarily maybe feel that thump, thump. Um, sometimes you'll feel, I think you'll feel that more when you're fishing it slow and there's that pause in the bait and then the fish hits it and then there's nothing moving. So all that energy transfers in through your line, through your rod into your hand. So, um, I could be way wrong, but you know, that's just kind of my theory about it. Um, it's a good theory, but, but there's times like, you know, a couple of those smallmouth, the bigger females I caught, the bait was in the move dude. And it was just like, it was there, you know, I felt the jerk a little bit because of the weight. I mean, the fish was a not, you know, 19, I caught a 19 and a half and a 19 and three quarter inch smallmouth. And those things are aggressive anyway. So a lot of times you're going to feel that bait with large mouth though, large mouth kind of feed a little bit differently uh, not much different but they're more notorious for sucking in a bait so that's where you they may be following it and then you know suck it in and you might not feel that thump it, of where it's actually attacking it from from you know the head or whatever you know head head side of the minnow but yeah i mean it's uh hook sets are free but you know like you said, you got you do got to be careful. Like if you're trying not to lose those things, they are a little pricey, you know. So if you uh, if you know, I I'm one of those people. Like I'll try to make a lot of contact with Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal: develop high quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com With um, with the structure itself. So you get a lot of reaction bites when you do that. Um, you know, hit the rock or hit the log and... You know, bring the bait over. When I fished with Brian, we were jig fishing, man. Like all the hits I could, I I counted that I had at his home lake when we were fishing a brush piles, came off of the action of hitting the the sticks or the log and then popping it up over it, and then he'd get hit after he made that contact. So, and I was gonna say, you know, I I've gotten I throw these things in like thick brush and all that. You know they're pretty weedless. Yeah. So yeah, that you know it, I haven't lost one yet. Knock on wood. I, I said that about a jackhammer. You know, a few weeks ago, and I lost my first jackhammer. <laughs> but uh, did you? Yeah, I, I 
honestly, I didn't really weep for the jackhammer. I weep because I broke it off on a good fish, and I didn't get that fish. And that was when I was doing my round against Ricketts. So, but uh, yeah, I haven't lost one yet. I actually took one and gave it away to a dude at a boat ramp. Uh, after a really good day of fishing, he was about to put in as I was getting out, and I cut that one off and retied because it was starting to get a little dull. And he was asking me how the bite was, and I told him I had a really good day and what I caught it on. He's like, man, I ain't got none of those. So I was like, you know what, here, you know, I was going to sharpen this one up and everything, but, you know, you want to take it. And, uh, and yeah, so I haven't actually lost any. Uh, there was something else you were saying a minute ago that I was going to comment on. What was I going to comment on? I don't know. Oh, an- another thing that helps, helps it be weedless is, you know, a lot of underspins you see seem to have like a wire or something hanging down. I should have and... grabbed them. I can run up and grab two to show you the, to show the listeners the difference. Hold on. I'll be well, right back. I'll, you guys I'll just... Yeah, go ahead. I'll describe it real quick. So instead of like I had I used to throw the owner ones. The owner ones had a wire that was attached to and it was about, I don't know, maybe an inch and a half long wire. And then the willow blade would be attached to that wire on the wicked willows. It's actually just like, you know, like a almost like a barrel swivel like where it can rotate 360 degrees mm-hmm. it's attached that swivel is attached directly to the blade and then it's attached to the back side of that weight so it brings that blade right up underneath the bait which is why i think it's so successful um it's a little bit different though so you know when you i don't know if you ever thrown the other ones with the wire but that you're you're fishing it and there's a lot yeah. more water that's yeah he's got like <laughs> i didn't even think about it i had my rod sitting right oh, here okay <laughs> but you know with the wire ones so ryan like commenting about like the difference of that location that blade it brings it up close yeah there's the so this is the yeah. bmc it has this big wire trailer yeah. versus the the uh yeah. wicked willow that doesn't have that big long wire yeah and that wire's no. gonna get caught on stuff Right. Yeah, it does. But but at the same time, you get more of a better consistent spin in that willow blade with the wire. Um, okay. I think, but I think when you throw, it's kind of all dependent on how fast you're retrieving. Obviously, if you're throwing a different, the wicked willow kind of flutters, in my opinion, more than it actually spins. And, um, you know, I've put it in the water and like watched it and it, it kind of, it just jerks around all over the place. Like it, it's not like a consistent turning motion, you know, that you see with like spinner baits, for example, or whatever. And, um, but I think when you bring that blade up closer to that bait like that, you're more apt to actually get the hit on the, your plastic and your hook than you are a nip at the blade itself that's true that's i've true. had i've had hits on the owner version of that um underspin and it hangs off like that too and I've, i swear i've had hits that just the fish hits the blade and that's it they don't go for the the bigger meal so to say so i know sam has talked about too where uh he sometimes just drags it so that blade is just ticking the bottom and making noise too. And I, I think with the wicked willow, you're probably going to feel that a little better and know that that's happening than you would if yeah. per se you had the big wire on it. So, yeah. And then the wire just, it, it does get a little snaggy in the weeds and that sort of thing. I mean, though you, you throw spinner baits, you could throw spinner baits, you know, all around the grass and through the grass in a sense. And, you know, it come out relatively weedless, but um, when you set up an EWG on a swim bait like that, it, it's way more weedless and and then a lot of things that are out there. And that's where I, I really I really love throwing it through grass. You know, it's uh, this year I've kind of started to try to throw more actually in the grass and try to get those reaction strikes by pulling pulling through the grass or yanking it out, you know, jerking it out of the grass or whatnot. But, you know, it's in a sense kind of like more of a finesse chatterbait, I guess, in a way without all the thump. But, you know, I just remember what I was going to say earlier that I blinked on. Um, You're talking about bouncing it off structure. That's kind of 
what I've been doing around like rocks and stuff, but I actually, I had a head cam on while I was fishing and I was fishing around this, um, this log and I don't know, it was probably in like five foot of water or so, but at the point where I got hit, but it had a branch coming up to where it was like just under the surface of the water. And I, I was, you know, just slowly reeling in and it bumped that, that limb and I saw the fish come up and just take it. And uh, I actually got that on, on camera. I think you can even see the fish come up and take it. That's pretty cool. But uh, so, yeah, I, I've definitely had success with bumping it off structure as well. I've been fishing around a lot of rocks. Uh, Percy Priest Lakes, where I've been fishing mainly here lately, because of the whole bracket tournament, I needed somewhere with a good signal. And so I've been fishing out there a lot and you know it's like no grass tons of rocks and so i've been you know bouncing it off these great big old rocks that are all out in this water and and i've uh caught fish off that too i'm looking i haven't thrown it in the river yet so i'm really looking forward to doing that i had thrown it the all the times i threw it were in the lake and uh so the river i think will be a much better application because it's shallower um and it's moving, yeah, I mean, just with the current, it's going to make the blade give the waves some movement, too. So Yeah, it's definitely a good bait to throw in the river as well. There's no doubt about that. So, And, you know, I think it kind of brings a little bit of attention because you think of a river, it's going to have much more, like, underwater noise going on, you know, just because there's more current and everything like that. So it kind of helps distinguish that bait and bring a little bit of flash to it as well so and i know like in our rivers around here there's tons and tons of little tiny silver bait fish everywhere like everywhere man and you know a lot of those bass will especially the smallmouth will feed up on those little minnows um i mean nine times out of ten if i'm like if i kind of key on a spot all of a sudden it's because i've watched like 10 of those little tiny silver minnows like scatter up on top of the surface of the water and then you see like a boil or something around there for one you know, bigger bass or whatever trying to chase them down so it's uh and for whatever reason, like the bed fish just get pissed off at it, man. They hate that blade. So it, uh, it worked well. So, but you know, since this is, you know, the noob show, I do want to throw out there for people that aren't used to rigging soft plastics or even specifically, you know, soft swim baits. You want to make sure you get that on there as straight as possible whenever you're rigging it up. You know, when you're when you're putting the uh, screw lock in, you want to make sure you're like as dead center as you can on on that front of that swim bait. You want to go as center as you can with the hook when you go through it. You know, that's going to help that action and make it swim the way it's supposed to swim. For anybody that's you know newer that don't already know that part. Yeah, and that's the beauty with like the Kai Tech version. Um, you know, the fat swing impact. It has grooves on the top and the bottom of mm-hmm. it to help line up. Um, the one thing that people can kind of find frustrating is if you don't put the hook point in in the correct area, your bait will want to ride up the hook or ride down the hook. So if you start seeing that happen, you'll need to readjust where you're inserting the hook into the, you know, in that tail portion. Um, try to get it as straight and I don't want to say tight. Cause if you over tighten it, if it's too tight, like you do it too shallow, that's where it wants to ride up and kind of almost looks like it's, it's bending up, the tail bends up at that point. So you'll need to kind of go further, you know, further back or opposite. If you have the bait and it keeps wanting to slide down the, um, the gap of the hook area, you know, where the, where it curves, then you've got it too far back. You'll want to move it up some. Um, it definitely does help. Uh, those grooves are awesome because it helps keep it like even more weedless is in a sense as well. But don't don't pick something that's too small though. Like if you're throwing like a a four three, don't throw a four three on a three out hook. Go ahead and move bump up to a four out because when you get that four out hook that's way back there, it messes with the the swimming action of the bait as well. 
And then, and it's creating like a huge hook profile that you kind of want to get away from. But if you go too small and a fish bites it, that bait may not want to press down and expose the hook point the way you want it to. So, you know, I don't even like, I, I don't even really like three aughts on three, three baits. Cause it's just, it's pretty on those wicked willows. It's pretty far back. So, I mean, it's kind of yeah. crazy to think, but only that half inch makes a big difference. So, yeah, I tried that. I, I tried the three three with that three aught hook. I I didn't really like it. I didn't keep it on there long. I, I feel like that three eight or you know if you transfer over to the rage swimmer the three point seven five, you know about the same size there. I feel like that three aught for me is perfect for that it size. Is. It is a four aught in my opinion is just too big for a three even a three eight or three seven five. Um, that's just my own personal opinion, but I just think it brings that hook point so f- close to the back of the tail that you'll, it's even hard, it's hard to get it to not ride up on you at that point. Are you guys both throwing it on straight fluoro or are you? Yeah, I do. Okay. I, I throw, I only throw one, one rod on braid and that's like my finesse spinning setup like and then i'll put a floral leader on it um but yeah i i'm a floral guy i just i like it i fish rocks so much um that and i hate tying leaders on top of it so it's just (laughs) i'd rather just pull up the floral and then when it gets bad replace it so um i've tried you know i'm kind of trying to fish a little bit cheaper alternatives than the floor i used to use back in the day like i used to really be into the fc sniper series from sunline and love the stuff but it's just so pricey and p line likes to have those good deals here and there so um i kind of switched over i mean not that i won't buy some sunline still but it's just as 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 much rock and river that I fish and how much line I go through, it's just a little bit cheaper alternative for me. Hey, I just caught some of that P line on sale and, uh, that's what I'm throwing on, on this setup for this underspin. And that's some smooth stuff. You know, I'll put it on there and I could feel a world different. You know, I, I usually use that Berkeley vanish, which, you know, I know it's like a cheaper line, but I actually got the P line cheaper than that. Yeah, and uh, and it, it's like really smooth stuff. It is nice. But, I I tend to throw though, like Brian, you said you throw yours on fifteen pound. Is that right? Yeah. I throw the three aught stuff on ten or twelve, and then if if like if I was gonna throw the four aught in a bigger swim bait profile, I'll throw it on like a fifteen. Also, like Ryan is on the medium heavy at that point. But I like I like fishing kind of as finesse as I possibly can. Um, you know, I try to, um, you know, try to downsize my line when I can. You know, so it it makes for breakoffs a little bit easier, obviously. But it's uh, kind of that's the whirlwind of it. So, well, see, I actually when I put that P line on here, downgraded from twenty pound. Um, the reason why it's a little bit heavier is because this is kind of a multi-purpose rod. Like I throw my chatterbaits on it as well. The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. So, you know, I, I use it for a couple different techniques. Yeah, I do. My medium heavy seven foot that I would throw that four aught underspin on is the same rod I would throw my chatter baits on. So, but you know what's cool about that bait is it being weedless, man. You can fish it through grass really nice. You can if you do like a, say a three aught and you just do the one eighth. What's really cool about that bait is you can fish like the top of the grass real well, where it doesn't want to sink down. If you hit like three sixteen or like a quarter ounce weight, it's going to obviously sink down in the weeds. It's going to be a little bit trickier. 
but um it's real nice if you want to just burn the bait like on top of the weeds that sort of thing it, it'll work like that too now have you used any other trailers other than kitex yeah i've used the well or do you mean swim baits or yeah swim like for the uh for the wicked willow yeah i've used um, obviously like we were talking about rage swimmers or whatnot, but I haven't really played around with like any other style of tr- like bait, plastic baits on it. Like I know there's people who l- use like Senkos like that. Um, I know people throw Senkos yeah. and they put like a screw lock willow on the, the end of the, the worm itself. You know, they screw in a willow blade right to the tail of the, the worm. Um, you know, it's whatever you want to throw, dude. You, who knows? Like that's what the beauty of fishing is, dude. You could go in there and be like, "I'm gonna put a crawl on it today, dude," and I'll for whatever reason a fish <laughs> attack the shit out of it. You know. I think uh, the one I I was throwing, the one I caught the fish on was a bio spawn or uh, what is it? Bio Exo Swim. I know I can't remember what the company. Yeah, so um, I was happy. You know, I. Because uh, I only had the real small Kitex, and like you said, they were riding back far on the hook. Like, the tail was real close to the back of the hook, so yeah. I just need to get better-sized ones. So Definitely well, a 375, three, 3.8 is perfect for a 3 uh, You go any shorter in a 3.3 three range, and it just, it's, a, it's, a hard, it's hard to get that bait to not want to ride up on it. Um, but if... If you're gonna go out and buy the buy them, you know you can try different ones. The Wicked Will, I just like it. I really like it. I like its tungsten, so the weight's got a low profile, so it doesn't get hung up in rocks as easy. Uh, it does suck because it is much more expensive. But I mean, heck, dude, the the VMC and owner ones aren't aren't that much cheaper, really, when you kind of look at it. So yeah, yeah, and I think I I just hit them up when they had that last sale. Uh, Cause they had a, what was it? Memorial day sale or so. Um, so with trailers, you know, I've been using Kitex. I've been using, you know, rage swimmers. I've even, I've, I've caught a couple fish with, with that wicked willow with, uh, some swim mates. I bought off a dude off a Facebook fishing group that he makes in his garage or whatever. But this is one that I'm interested in. I can't remember the name of this. Or who makes it? It's a big company. I, I think it's like Strike King or something like that. But these right here, mm-hmm. I I want to try that out. I'm not sure about this color. It's kind of a sexy shad color, I guess. But I'm I don't, I've never uh, had much with I've never had much luck with that color in any lure around here. Is that so, a hollow body style? Also. Uh, it's not hollow body, I don't think. Oh, it's real weird. This one's all messed up, so I can. Yeah, it's not hollow body. It's okay. Pretty soft. I have some like that that are like a hollow body. They're real soft. Like it'd be easy for the fish to bite it and like press it down on the hook, get a good, uh, like, you know, hook exposure. But I've used I've used the rage swimmers. I've used the bio. Uh, swim bait um the exo spawn one or whatever it's called i so <laughs> i did my week of fishing with that and kind of following saint Clair got to be so crazy that i went through almost all my kitex dude so what i used to do is i used to take all my kitex out throw them in a ziploc like a big quart ziploc bag not the real big freezer bag but the uh like kind of the medium size one and i would throw all of them in there together because they don't bleed like the colors don't bleed and i've never really had an issue in regards to them being like misshaped um i think that that bait is so pliable it's not like um like some of the stiffer stiffer baits out there that like you know if it sits in a certain position that it kind of takes on that form and doesn't go away never really had that issue i never had an issue with the baits being weird um so but for a while though i did keep them in uh the past this year i've been keeping them in the actual like plastic case right (laughs) and i went through them and i was like 
Oh man, like I I don't have any. I had three threes. I had like ten packages of three threes, but like we talked about before, I just don't like hooking them. They don't sit well on the hook. So I had to go into the old trusty bag of swim baits that I had, which is an assortment <laughs> of all kinds of crap. Like I half of it, I don't even know what it is, like what brand it is, because they all started looking the same. But I would put them in the same bag though, because that stench from the Kytex would permeate into all the other baits. So I was like, yeah, add some <laughs> scent for free. I started to go through that thing. Like, and I when I was at St. Clair, I threw the bio. I threw Kytex, I threw Rage Swimmers, every one of them got hit. It didn't matter what color it was, it didn't matter any of that. It was all about swim bait with an underspin, you know. Um, now, some days it, it might be, you know. Uh, it's always best to try to match the forage as best as you can. So, you know, um, like if I'm at a lake that has got a lot of bluegill or crappie, I'm going to try to match that up, you know. If it's more of a shad-dominated area, I'll throw shad colors, you know, but with that underspin and I was at St. Clair and then it didn't matter what color it was. I threw the easy shiner from Kai tech. It's a much smaller profile. Um, that thing got annihilated. I, th I think I caught it the 19 and three quarters on the white easy shiner, like, you know, three, eight easy shiner. And it's, you know, much, not much smaller profile, but the tail's smaller and the overall body's a little bit smaller also, you know, it's got that flat like look like he was showing on that one bait as opposed to the big round kind of ridged, uh, you know, fat impacts swimmers are. So, right on. So, uh, have you ever used any of the uh, any of the underspins where it's like the weights in the front? Um, so about like a. No, swim bait I, head type style yeah um i have not um I, I don't think so i've used hooks like that i've used you know but not one that had an underspin attached to it yet no i mean the the i think the furthest up i've ever had was maybe the owner ones the, that vmc one is one of the ones that hangs back the most that i've seen um, the owner one's probably a close second and then the wicked willow is like way up underneath, you know, so I just like it better. It, it's just a better, I, I think it, the fish are more apt to hit the bait and then it's just a little bit more weedless. So. Right. I, I was just curious. I haven't really used them myself. I know our sponsor jig masters makes the underspin like that. It's kind of, kind of like a sled head uh swim bait uh jig or whatever you want to call it with a little blade coming out of the bottom of it i haven't really used it I've, I've got some but i haven't really used them but uh so i was just curious if you had any experience with i the, should the... because that's a that one's pretty close to to the bait and to be honest with you um and now that i'm thinking about it i'm like hey dude those things would be perfect for the three threes that i have like I have a buttload of three threes that I'm not yeah. throwing right now. And because it's a smaller hook, it's not nearly as long as what the EWG style is. And I could be completely wrong with this as well, but <laughs> oh, sorry. But uh I feel like the way that you say you kind of work them where you're like just kind of, you know, move them a little bit and you know, working them real slow like that, that might actually be a little better for that style of retrieve because it's gonna have that or that fish just, you know, nose to the ground a little bit and just sitting there and then move. So, yeah. Yeah, you should try that. Yeah. The only thing is I probably it'd probably be better to fish that um, a little bit more rocky than I would say nice. through the grass just because it's got an exposed hook. Yeah. yeah. Even at that, I mean, you, you could still probably rip it through grass if you need to. It just might come up with a lot of salad attached to it. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, well, cool. Uh, do you have anything to add, or Sean? You got any more questions about it, or anything else you want to talk about? Do you generally use it? I was thinking more like uh, initially about uh, just for covering water, or, or or are you using it so slow that it it's not really ideal for that? You're you it's, know the fish are there, and you're both. Okay. Both, like I know Sam loves it as covering water. Like he he uses it, and he. He's sort of, he's, 
he fishes it like I do too, but like if he wants to cover water like you would with like a spinnerbait or something like that, you can. And the beauty of that is it save you key into the fish, then you could slow it down. Um, that that bait and specifically plastic swim baits like that with EWG hooks, you can bump it off the bottom. You can fish it through the middle. You can burn it. Like if you're using light enough weight, and I've done this before and gotten hit, you can burn it like a topwater. You'd prefer to probably throw it weightless at that point if you wanted to do it, but you could fish it like that, like it's like a whopper plopper. Like last year I got hit by like a 18-inch smallmouth. I, I saw some bait fish skip, you know, skipping out from this area behind this rock and kind of through the in like incorrect direction i was i threw downstream and brought the bait upstream and because of that it rose up and i was like burning it on the surface and hit got a topwater hit from a smallmouth like that i caught some white bass that were feeding on shad at Cowan lake one year and i was throwing a three a three eight uh swim bait on a one eighth so i could if i burned it fast enough it would come up to the surface and i would get hit then um the bad thing about that is though is it, unless you're using it, using it weightless, if you have a weight on it, you kind of have to like, you got to kind of crank it like really fast. It might, it. Be, yeah. it might be a little too fast if you're looking for a topwater bite. So if you were to do that, I would just say, put an EWG, just regular hook on it. Don't put any weight. Don't put an underspin on it. Fish it, you know, but you can, you can bring that thing right up to the surf, you know, surface if you, if you're reeling fast enough, it's not yeah. really ideal, but you know that makes sense because then you're you can not tying off on the something bottom. else right you can jig it off the bottom you know you can almost probably vertically jig that thing you know if you wanted to and see i've actually been thinking about trying a heavier weight just to prevent it from riding up the only issue with that is i i would have to bump up you know the three sixteenths is the biggest or the heaviest that they make with the three aught hook so I'd have to bump up my hook size, which means I'd have to go out and buy more swim baits of a little bit bigger to match that. So I don't know, I might try that eventually, but. And what's funny too, is you might hit what I always would find and I'd get really pissed off. Last year, I wanted a quarter ounce three-aught hook and it's hard to kind of put that much lead or tungsten on a three-aught hook. Yeah. But I had a guy who was able to do it and I loved it because it, 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 I was able to fish a three eighths or a three eighths long swim bait and like faster current than I had done before. Granted though, the pro it was hilarious. You looked at the hook and the whole bottom of it was almost just nothing but lead, <laughs> you know, but it's, well, um, it's well, definitely like the three sixteenths is a good one. Um, if you want to go, but if you're trying to fish like, like 10 feet, maybe, maybe it's eight feet and more. You know, it, you'll probably want to have more weight. It just sucks that you have to kind of jump up to a bigger hook size. And probably at that point, then you put on a bigger bait and then you're like, oh, wait, now it's too much weight, like for the depth that I'm fishing yeah. at that point, you know. And, you know, with it being tungsten, I, I feel like they could make a heavier weight with a three-odd hook. They just don't do it right now. I don't know if maybe in the future they might offer yeah. that or something but uh, we'll see the toxin's nice man it it's uh it's dense it's smaller you know so um but at the same time man it's it is expensive but give it a shot man check out wicked uh wicked weights the wicked willow swim bait thing um they are pricey but if you just want to try it out buy one or two of them see if you like it see if you have success on it if not you know move on to the next and, you know, to kind of help with, okay, when we say expensive, we're talking, well, like three or four bucks a piece, something like that. Yeah, so for a hook. Not, yeah, so not like expensive, expensive, but, you know, for a hook with a blade on it and a little bit of weight, yeah, it seems kind of high. But to help with that initial shock, you know, our man Sam Jones hooked us up with a promo code for everybody out there, uh, PNF10. Um you know, this was kind of a last minute thing, so I don't have details, but I I can assume that's probably 10% off of your yeah. uh, order right there. So, uh, yeah, that'll help you out a little bit with trying them out. Um, I know the prices vary depending on the weight you're getting. So, you know, 
those three sixteenths, you know, I think they're just just over three bucks a piece or something like that. So, but yeah, so try those out. Just order you, you know, three or four. Give them a shot. You know, you're gonna fall in love more than likely, just like I did. If not, you know, three or four, you're gonna be spending probably less than twenty bucks after shipping. So you're not out that much money. Yeah. yeah, shout out to Sam. Thanks for hooking uh, our listeners up with that, man. That was awesome. Sam Jones. Yeah, and check out some of w- a Wicked Weight's other stuff while you're out there, too. They got some other cool stuff. I'll tell you, I I, uh, I think I have them in here. Uh, <laughs> I was like, what is that? Uh, what did you just do, Sean? I was looking Pull his for my... tackle box. <laughs> yeah, I don't have them in this box, but they're... Um... They're wacky, weighted wacky wigs. I really like them. Um, I forget what they're called. The Clara head, I think. Yeah. And uh, they come through cover better than, and it, all it is is one single uh, weed guard. But I don't know. I I don't get them stuck as much as um, other ones. Now, you know, I've used, uh, I don't have my wacky rigs in here, but uh, um, I've used some of the other ones with like the kind of wire keeper where it just hooks on the hook and these those for whatever reason those come through cover way better so i I have to say check those out too heck yeah all right anybody got anything they want to cover before we wrap this up no just get out there fish wear your pfd dp always says yeah well i appreciate you coming back on here yeah thanks josh no problem anytime all right, well. All right, guys. Well, um, this has been the Bass with Super Noobs segment of the Pilo and Finn podcast. We're bringing you the techniques, the tricks, and the tips to help you rip more lips. Thanks for listening, guys, and have a good night. Later. Peace. Thanks for tuning in to another killer episode on Paddle and Finn. Don't forget to go check out our website at Paddle, the letter N, and Finn.com. Don't forget to check out the YouTube channel at Paddle and Finn. If you got a question, comment, want to hear from a future guest on a future episode, feel free to email us at Paddle, the letter N, and Finn at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Paddle and Finn on Facebook and Instagram. Shout out to our show supporters, Angler, the Angler Button and app just makes for a better time on the water and creates a virtual logbook for every fishing outing out on the water. Shout out to Rocktown Adventures located in Northern Illinois for all your kayaking, camping, and hiking needs. TRC Covers, protect your investment. Catch Products, shout out to Catch Products. Go to catchproducts.com and put the Paddle in Fin logo directly on your catch board. Shout out to Jigmasters Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com, use promo code PNF20 and save 20% on all your jig and tackle needs. Spend your Saturdays with life on the water. Join Captain Brandon Simmons for fishing, diving, travel, and so much more. You want to succeed. You want to fish. You want to be one of the greatest. Oh, look at that thing, dude. (laughs) Let's see what kind of trouble we can get into today. Don't miss Life on the Water every Saturday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. (laughs) The destination for outdoor entertainment. You go out there and the fish are where you think they are. Any one of these casts could be the bite. It's the most exciting fishing that I know right here at Hawks Cave. Oh, that's awesome. Experience the best saltwater fishing the world has to offer. Don't miss Thursdays with Saltwater Experience. Brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts. Every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. The destination for outdoor entertainment.